Turn in your Bibles today to Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians chapter number 5. And we're, we're looking here uh, at these last few weeks at this doctrine of forgiveness that God is calling us to. Paul uh, wrote a great deal on this issue here in the book of Ephesians. We've already looked at we looked at the book of Colossians there, Colossians chapter 2. And we see here as well in, in Ephesians chapter 4 and Ephesians chapter 5 as Paul's directing us in regards to this, this walk that we are to walk and how we are to live one toward another and how we are to treat one another as God's people. And he's including in that that forgiveness. And we looked at that last week there, particularly in verse number 32 of chapter 4. And as I said, we're, we're going to try to get over to Romans chapter 12 uh, to, to end this study. on uh, that, uh, And that was the main place I wanted to go to to begin with. But I kept having to go back and look at these other passages. Because here Paul in, in Colossians and here in Ephesians, he's dealing with our walk together as the people of God, as the church of the Lord Jesus here, that how we are to treat one another, how we are to forgive one another, how we are to uh, intersect in our relationships one with another, how we are to be treating one another as we walk this, this walk of Christ in this world. But in chapter 12 of Romans, he Paul changes the direction of it, and it's not so much about how we forgive one another here, but now he's talking about forgiving our enemies. And it's, he calls us, uh, I mean, this, this kind of forgiveness here is hard enough. Okay, this is, this is extremely hard. What we have here, that he's calling just forgiving one another, God's people. But in chapter 12 of Romans, he's saying not only forgive your enemies, but he said do good to them. And so he calls us to an even harder reality there in our walk for Christ and in our forgiveness that we are to have in our hearts one for another and for those around us. But we continue on. Go back up to verse 32 of chapter 4 and begin reading with me here. Um, and I, I only want to get down to verse 18. I don't know if we'll get down to verse 18 today in chapter 5, but we're, we're going to go as fast and as as far as we can go to get down, we may, may have split this particular passage up. But, well, let me back up verse 30 of chapter 4, actually. It says, Greet not the Holy Spirit of God. That's what we looked at last week. Whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So the, these things he says, Greet not the Holy Spirit of God. He, we, and, and when we do not obey Him, when we do not follow Him, when we are walking in self, we're going to grieve the Spirit of God. And we, we discussed that last week as we looked at these, this passage here. And then he says, these things are things that are to be put out from us. Verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Put those things out, he says. Put those away from you. Those are not to be in us as the children of God. Those things are to be put out from us. Now, as we looked at last week, we realized those things come in us. Those things 
When given place, especially, they're very easy to, to rise up in us, these things. And so this is a constant reality, a constant struggle for us as the children of God to put these things out. That it not be in us. And when we start feeling them come, when we start feeling them rise in us, we're to be actively putting these things out. And that requires a dying to self and a living unto Christ. A, a, a dying to this flesh and a living unto Him. And then he says, verse 32, Be ye kind, one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And so he says we're, we are to be kind to one another, we're to be tender-hearted to one another, we're to forgive one another, even as God. For Christ's sake, this is the reason, he says, this is the reason we are to do it, is because God has forgiven us. And as we discussed last week, God has forgiven you far more than you need to forgive one another. It is, it is, it is unfathomable to us. We cannot fully grasp what all our Lord has forgiven us of. Because we don't even know the depth of our own sins. We don't, even, we don't even know how wicked we are. The Bible tells us in, in uh, Jeremiah chapter 17, who can know our hearts. We, we don't even know. God knows them, as He says, but we don't even know the depth of our own hearts. We don't even know the full wickedness that lies within us. We can't even grasp that. God knows all of it. And He, had, in Christ Jesus, has forgiven us of all of those things. And so He's forgiven us of every wickedness that we can't even fathom. How then can we not forgive one another? How then can we hold on to those hurts and those, those, those offenses without? If God forgave you, if God forgave you how, can you, how can you have the excuse not to forgive one another? And so He says, but you can't one to another, forgiving one another. Forgiving one another, tender-hearted, he says, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. And then he goes on, beginning in chapter 5. Be ye, therefore, followers of God as dear children. That therefore takes us back to what we just read there in chapter 4. Now remember, when Paul wrote this letter, Paul did not put the chapter numbers and the verse numbers in there. This was just a letter Paul wrote. And so we, we have these divisions, and so with these divisions, it's very helpful for us to be able to find where we're at, and, be, and it's helpful for us to see what we're looking at and studying in regards to. But we have to remember, as Paul's writing, this is one flowing speech that Paul is giving here to the church at Ephesus. And so as he's declaring these things, this is just going to all run together as Paul is talking to them. So what he's talking about in chapter 4 is directly related to chapter 5, you said. And what he's how we are to walk one toward another. So he says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. 
neither filthiness nor foolish talk nor jesting which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. That's how we walk this walk that Paul is talking to us about here. Walking in love, walking after Christ in His light. That's how we are to do that, by the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God do we do these things. We have to have Him for everything. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer before we continue on today in our study. Father in heaven, we thank you again for this day. We thank you, Father, for your great grace. We thank you, Father, again for this opportunity again to be in your house. Thankful for each one that was able to come this way today. We pray that you be with those that are away from us today and traveling. Brother Gordon, Sister Kristen, as they're traveling today. Brother Jonathan and Lori and their boys as they're traveling today. We just pray that you be with each, each of them. Keep them safe as they go to and from. We pray that you be with all those that are on our prayer list, the many, Father, that are away from us today, of our membership that are sick and afflicted with these ailments. Father, we just pray that you be with each one of them. Give them what they have need of today. Um, May your, your healing touch be upon them, especially, Father, we pray for your presence with them as they go through these times. Father, go with us as we look to your word this morning. Open it before us. Give us understanding of these things, Father, and application for our own lives that we might be found faithful to you in it as we see these things written herein that our hearts and our minds might be where they ought to be this day as we we try and, and strive to serve you, Father, to be found faithful unto you that you'd help us, Father to put off those things that need to be put off from us, to, to put out those things, Father, that, that are restricting and holding us down, keeping us from serving you as we ought, those things that are binding us in our world, those sins, Father, that we've allowed place in our lives, that all those things be put out from us, and that we would be free, Father, in our service to you, that we might know your liberty, Father, in our walk, our daily walk with you, that we might be able 
to, to, to not only serve you as we ought, not only that we would be faithful to you, Father, but that your name would constantly be upon our lips, that we might be the witness uh, for you that we need to be in the world that we engage with every day. Father, go with us now as we look to your word. Help us, Father, again to understand these things and apply them to our lives. For we ask these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. The walk of the child of God is what Paul is exhorting us here in. To be followers of God. He says, as dear children or as little born ones. Is that what that word is in the Greek? Especially we are to walk in love. As he says there in verse 2. Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. Walk, walk in love. This is, this is what our Lord has called us to. This, this is the commandment that he has given us as the children of God in how we are to interact one with another, how we are to treat one another each and every day. We are to be a people of Christ Jesus that walks in love one toward another. Not only toward each other, but toward this world. It is that love that the world sees in us, Lord says, that they recognize that we belong to Him. Go back with me. Hold your place here. Go back to John chapter 13 and look what He says here as He gives them that commandment there. This is on uh, the, the night before His arrest. He's eating the last Passover feast here with His disciples. He establishes here... Uh, the Lord's Supper, our second ordinance that we looked at on Wednesday night. And he says there, verse 34, verse 35 of, of chapter 13, look what he says to them there. He says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved ye, or loved you rather, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. It is that love that we display, it is that love that we have one for another, that is the chief witness of our lives before this world. They see that love that we have one for another. They see that in us, and that being seen in us is proof to this world. It is a sign, it is is a revelation to this world that we indeed belong to the Lord Jesus. That we're His. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love. One for another. And so he calls us. This is his command. He calls us to this walk of love. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love. Walk in love. That is, again, that is that agape love. That is that love that we are 
to have one for another. Paul describes it for us. There in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he gives us the the realities of what love is there. He tells us its character there in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. And as he's describing it there, it's, it's translated for us there, that word agape, translated charity. Translated charity. And the reason it's translated charity is that that is the, the full meaning of that love, agape. It is a love that is given. It is a love that is extended without expectation of anything in return. I'm giving it out. I, I am sharing it out. I, I, am, I am living this before God's people. I'm extending that love and I'm not, that, I don't have to get anything back in return for it. That's what agape love is. This is the love that the Lord has for us. What can we give Him in return? What can we give Him in return? And we give Him our praise. We give Him our worship. We sacrifice ourselves each and every day to Him. We give all of ourselves to Him. And then in everything that we give to our Lord, in everything we bring back before Him, in every, every offering that we can lay before His feet, we will not come even close, not even a smidgen of that reality of what He has given us in His love for us. And so it truly, it was charity. It was charity that He extended unto us. Because we can't give nothing that even comes close to what He has given for us. And He tells us we're to give that same love one for another. Paul tells us here, walk in it. Walk in it. Walk in that. In other words, it's, it's to be a, a daily part of our lives. It's, it's, it's how we are to live, He said. Walk in love. Walk in love. As Christ also hath loved us and hath given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling. That's how we're to walk in that love one for another. Giving of ourselves. Giving of ourselves to show forth that love. That Christ Jesus has for us. Walk in love. Then he says, verse 3. But, but, fornication, all uncleanness, or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Now, fornication is any sexual relationship outside of marriage. That's what fornication is. Uncleanness is impurity. Covetousness is fraudulency. It also, he goes on to tell us uh, further down, it is idolatry. It is the, the desire for what someone else has, whatever it may be. That's, that's that covetousness. It's a desire for more 
Never, never satisfied in what Christ Jesus gives us. Not never satisfied in what we have in Him. And so this, this can't be a part of a, a walk of love in Christ Jesus. These things, fornication, uncleanness, covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. These things are not supposed to be in us. These things have no place in the lives of the children of God. These things are destructive to our person. These things destroy us as individuals when these sins are allowed a place in our lives. Paul says here in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 13, he says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as, right, uh, as instruments of righteousness unto God. Don't, don't give place for these sins in your life. These things will destroy you. These things will tear you down. These things will ruin your testimony before this world. Walk in love, Paul says. Walk in love. Don't allow these things to be named among you, he says. Occasionally, these things are named among God's people. Occasionally we sin. Occasionally we fail. Occasionally we come short of what God has called us to and the life that He has called us to live. We fall short of, of this walk of love that He's called us to and these very things that He says should not be named among us are. It can be. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul says there in verse number 1. Here's just one of them that was mentioned among them. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 1. He said, it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. And such fornication is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. And Paul goes on to tell them there that they are puffed up because of their place in the community, because of their standing, what they thought of themselves. And he said, but rather that there's, there's sin among you and you all need to remove that sin. You need to put that sin away from you. You need to judge that one in the sense that they needed to remove him from the body, not to, not to fellowship with him any longer as a brother in Christ. And so they would put that one out. In 2 Corinthians, Paul, Paul had received a letter from them. This guy had repented of his sin. He had turned around to Christ. He had come back to the church and he was asking forgiveness because of the sin that had been in his life. And he was, he was praying that the church would forgive him. And they write Paul and say, okay, we put him out because you told us to put him out. What should we do this time? And Paul says, well, if I was there, I would forgive him and restore him. That Satan not have a place they're not have a foothold among you. He tells them there in 2 Corinthians 3. And he says to restore him. That's what you should do, he said. That's what you should do. 
We assume that's exactly what took place given Paul's direction to them there in 2 Corinthians. But there are times when these very things that he warns us of here in chapter 5 of, of Ephesians, there are times when those things are named among God's people, but they ought not be. They ought not be. They are destroyers. They are destroyers, these sins that are allowed. And so he goes on to say there in uh, verse uh, 4, he says, Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather, he says, giving of thanks. Now, filthiness is shameful obscenity. Foolish talking is silly talk, buffoonery, something that has no, has no bearing on anything. Jesting is vulgar wit, is what is being spoken of. He says those things need, rather we need to be focused on giving thanks. Giving thanks. Being a thankful people. Having an attitude of thankfulness in our daily lives. Not just one time a year for Thanksgiving Day, but living every day thankful for the Lord's many blessings that He pours out upon us. Numbering those blessings each day as we consider His grace poured out on us. How abundantly He blesses us, His people. So He says, don't let these things either this filthiness, foolish talking, jesting, those things put out from us. For this ye know, for this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now, he, verse 6, or verse 5 rather, takes us back up to verse 3 and 4. That's, he's, he's naming these same things again uh, to us. He says, Don't, those things should not be named among you as becometh saints. And so then he says in verse 5, we know these things are not to be in us. This is not, this is not to be a part of the children of God. For this you know that no whoremonger... That's a fornicator, again back to verse 3. Or unclean person, impure or lewd, and that's the very uncleanness he says there in verse 3. Or covetous man, which he talks of covetousness there in verse 3. And then here he adds, who is an idolater? Who is an idolater? Covetousness is a dissatisfaction with what God has given. And it's, it's a desire for more. Not just, not just, well, I like better things, you know. I mean, that's, that's covetous as well. But it's, it's Lord, what you have given me, it, it goes so far as, Lord, what you have given me is not enough. There's better for me. 
in this world. There's better for me that I can get myself. I, I just need to go and, and do for me. I need to go and get what I want. I need to go and, and have what I want to have because what my idea, Lord, is better than what you can do. What I want is better than what you can give. And so in, that's how covetousness becomes idolatry is because we lift ourselves up above God. We lift our desires up above Him. We worship even the things that we want above what God has given us. And so it becomes idolatry to us, you see. And so he says that covetous man who is an idolater. These things, he says, these folks that are in this stuff, these folks that live after these things, they don't have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now again, we, we looked already. There are times when these things can enter in and it can be in the life of a child of God. But the difference is the child of God won't stay there. The difference is the child of God will, will hate that sin. The child of God will desire that sin to be removed from the, the, the child of God will hate what it's done to them and separating them from God. And they want that out of their lives, you see. Amen. They don't want to hang on to that that keeps them separated. Which is why that man there in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, why he comes back and says, I've repented, I I want you all to forgive me, I I don't want to be separated from you all any longer. So he says in verse 6, he says, let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Paul said, don't be fooled by somebody else coming and telling you you can live any way you want to and do anything you want to do. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 4. Paul says, and this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. There are those out there that that will do their best to subvert the Word of God. They'll do their best to twist it and change it to fit their attitudes or fit their desires or fit their wants instead of what God has given for us in His Word. And they, they claim... That, that Christ Jesus, to, uh, that Jesus is their Lord, uh, but their lives, their attitudes, and their actions have no congruency with the Word of God. It simply does not fit. They, they want to claim Him, but then they're living lives of sin separated from Him. And there are many of them set out to entice others. To follow their direction, to go the same way they're going because they don't want to be by themselves. So I, I want to be able to say I am Christ. I want to be able to say I'm living for Him. I want to be able to say He's my Savior, but I also want to do this sin. I also want to live this way. I also want to follow after this attitude and have this desire. I want to, I want to continue. And so maybe I get other people to go with me in this journey and so they will do their best to entice others to follow with them. They have the same attitude. 
Paul says, don't be fooled by that. Don't be fooled by that. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Sadly, we don't, we don't need other people to convince us. We, we'll convince ourselves. We'll convince ourselves. Be not ye, verse number 7, be not ye therefore partakers with them. He, he's called us here to, to walk in love. He's called us here to walk, as what he's about to tell us, verse number 8, to walk as children of light. That's, that's what our work is to be. Or our walk, rather, is to be marked by our love and our light that we have in Christ Jesus. These things that He's warning us of here, uh, of here these things that He's telling us to, to be sure or not in our lives, these are things of darkness. These are things that will drag us down. These are things that will hold us under. These are those things that will infect our souls. These are things that will keep us from God. These are things that that will not allow the light to shine through us. Walk in love. Verse 8, he says, Be ye there. For ye rather were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Now are ye light. Christ were made different. In Christ we're we're not like the world. In Christ Jesus we're set apart. He's given us not only His love that we looked at there in in verse 2, not only has He given us that love, but He has given us His light. His light is in us. And it is that light that, that causes us and allows us to see the sin in this world, to see the sin in ourselves, to, to see in us those things that separate us from our Lord. And it is from that light where we desire to have those things out of us, that they no longer be in us, that they no longer separate us from Him. It is because of that light that we, we grow to hate the things of this world that are so incongruent with God's Word. Incongruent with who He is. It's one thing to be ignorant of the Word of God. But it is quite another to twist His Word. Or to change His Word. Or just to ignore His Word. To get what we want. And we're experts at it. Left to ourselves. Left in this, in this flesh. Not, not dying to this flesh daily. We can find ourselves doing that very thing. Do not act. Do not be partakers, as he says, with them. But walk, 
walk as children of light. Ye were, he says there in verse 8, ye were sometimes darkness. Ye were some. That's, that's how you used to be marked. Is with the darkness. The darkness of our own sin. That's how we used to be marked. But now. But now. What's the now in reference to? What's the now talking about? Our salvation. Jesus, what He has given us. Now, because of Him, we're made different. We're made even, as, as Paul writes there in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17, we're made new creatures, he says. We're, we're, made, we're made different now because of that new man in us. Now, again, we understand the old man is still there. The old man is not eradicated. The, the old man is still very much alive in us. And Paul talks about it there in chapter 7 of Romans, how that fight goes on within us. The old man rising up and the old man demanding his ways and the old man saying, this is the way you're going to live and this is the way it's going to be and this is the way I'm going to serve myself. This, this is what I demand. And, and there, that, the new man, nope, that's not it. That's not right. And so there's a daily warfare that goes on in us. The old man against the new. But you see, it's in the new man. It's in the new man that we have victory in Christ Jesus. It's in the new man that we don't have to live in this darkness. It's in the new man that we don't have to be overcome by the, our sins that hold us back. We don't have to be overcome by the wickednesses of this world. But rather, we are delivered from those things in that new man, in Christ. And so being delivered, being delivered by Him, we then walk as children of Light. Walk as children of light, illuminating this world as we go in and out among it. How is your light seen by those around you? How is your light seen by those around you? Do those in your daily life, to those that you see each and every day, do they know you are a child of God? Do they see Christ in you? Is that the first thing they note? Is that the first thing they recognize? There's something about us as the children of God, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 that the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. But there's something about that, that in, in our fellowship with the Spirit of God, that the children of God recognize one another. That's a neat thing. So really to meet somebody for the 
for the first time, and, I, and you're just talking with them, you not not even got very far in your conversation, and they immediately re- are you a child of God? Are you are you born again? And you immediately have that recognition of one another. And that's a blessing. Amen. That's such a blessing. And it's, it's because of that light of Christ that's in us. That not only does the Spirit bear witness with our spirits, but it's bearing witness with each other as we come in contact with one another. Man, that's a blessing. That's such a blessing. Is that what the world is seeing in us? Are we shining forth the light of Christ to those around us? Are we walking? Are we walking as children of light? Is He seen in our walk? Is He heard in our speech? Is the name of Jesus upon your lips each and every day? Paul says there in First Peter chapter two and verse nine. First Peter two and verse nine. G our chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar people. <laughs> I love that. A peculiar people. We're strange to this world. We're strange to them. And the strangeness is not because... They're just a bunch of religious idiots. Ah, they're just some Bible thumpers. That's not the strangest. That's the the excuses they give themselves. That's the excuses they give themselves. The strangeness that they see in us is the light of Christ. And all they see in themselves is the darkness. And so they, that's, that's what makes us peculiar. They see that light. They see that light and that light scares them. And then they start calling us the other names, you see. But what makes us peculiar is the light that shines forth. Is this world seeing your light? Walk in love. Walk as children of light. And the third thing he tells us, and we'll look at this, Lord willing, next time, the, not next Sunday, but the Sunday following, walk circumspectly. Walk circumspectly. Does this world see your light? Does this world see your love? Are you peculiar? Are you peculiar? To those around you. Peculiar, by the way, because of Christ. 
peculiar because of Christ. Do you have Christ Jesus? Do you have him? Do you know this day that Jesus is your Lord and Savior? He's the only one that can give you love. He is the only one that can give you light. Do you have Christ Jesus? Believe on Him this day. If you can believe on Christ Jesus, believe on Him this day. Let's all stand. We sing. Page 233.